Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the May edition of my construction webinar series. Uh, for those of you joining me for the very first time, my name is Tashia Rasool. I am a partner here at Lowe's Law Firm, where I oversee the defense of uh, workers' compensation claims that arise out of construction accidents. That's all I do. That's all that my team does. Um, if you've been following me along for the past couple of years, welcome back. Thank you for always coming back. Um, this month, we are going to focus on uh, assembling the team before the loss, getting prepared before the loss. And yes, we're talking about before the loss. We're not being negative, but we've learned that the preparation must start even before a project has started or certainly before a potential accident occurs. The things that we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about the team that needs to be formed, the initial response at the time of the loss, and at the end, it's going to be a Q&A session. It is a live webinar, so you can ask questions in the end. The box is going to look like this. You can type your questions in there, and hopefully they'll pop up in my end. I'll provide you with an answer. Um, all right, so let's get into it. Who should be on this team? So the way we look at things over here is that we are part of a team with our clients and the vendors who are defending these workers' compensation claims and who are working hand-in-hand -hand with the General Liability Council. Um, everyone has a role, a very specific role. And let's take a look at all of the different parties um, that should be involved in this planning process. So we have the owner or the general contractor, if it's a controlled insurance program. There's the broker, there's the insurance carrier, there's a TPA who we generally deal with the most. Uh, there's a safety team, there's an on-site nurse or medic, and there's the investigation team. These are all parties that comprise um, the, the, the team that should be set up prior to uh, the initiation of a program, when getting your insurance coverage in place, when planning the program. All of these should be um, vetted. You should make your selection and have them ready to go when an accident occurs. You should also have other vendors um, as a part of your team, the surveillance vendors, the IME vendors, the MSA vendors. Do not wait until a loss has occurred to scope out a vendor or to get a referral or a recommendation. It might be too late, it eats up a lot of time, a lot of time you need to get surveillance um, in kind of in a hurry, depending on what's going on, uh, the, the type of the loss and so forth. So don't wait until that point to secure your vendors. Make sure you have them all lined up ahead of time. Uh, Workers' Compensation Defense Council, I know clients vary uh, with regards to their perspective about this, but we do think you should bring in your Workers' Comp Defense Council from the very beginning. We are able to uh, review the facts as they are, provide an assessment as to whether you should deny or accept the claim, and probably more importantly, be able to provide your investigator with um, guidance or provide questions that they should be asking or looking for answers to when they're doing their investigation. Your defense counsel would be able to tell you everything that you need to have lined up in order to defend a claim, especially if it's a denied claim. So definitely have them on board. Um, before the loss, a lot of the carriers, uh, the clients have a panel of attorneys, two to three attorneys. Make sure you vet those attorneys and have them ready to go when there's an accident. You should also have your general liability defense counsel. 
I do know in the grand majority of times a general liability counsel, defense counsel is assigned before workers' comp, and it's because they do the bulk of the investigation on their end. They go out, they do the on-site investigation, and so forth. Um, and we know when there's a construction accident or an alleged construction accident, chances are they're going to be bringing a third-party claim, right? So I think the clients are doing a really good job. I think you're all doing a really good job at securing general liability defense counsel from the very beginning, but it might be worthwhile also to secure uh, workers' comp counsel also. Getting the team together. So let's talk a little bit about how important it is to get everyone together. It might seem a little elementary for something like this where you have a big project, you know, you have all the parties lined up. Why do we need to be so detailed and peculiar about the team that we're getting together? And what exactly needs to be done? So there should be a meeting with all of the stakeholders to explore everything that could possibly occur during the, 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 the the project. Um, you should talk about the phases of the project. Defense counsel, your vendors need to know the different phases of the project. We need to know it because um, when there are coverage issues, some phases are not covered, so it's good for us to be aware of that. Or when we are litigating a claim and the claimant says, wait, this happened during demo, uh, that would raise a red flag for us indicating that, wait, demo wasn't covered um, by the policy, there's a potential coverage issue here, or you know, no workers were on site during the demolition phase because it was done by a completely different company or something like that. Those are all things that are important to discuss with um, not only the attorneys but everyone on the team. The physical aspects of the job site, street corners, avenue corners, whether you know the roads are included and so forth, who the contractors and subcontractors are. Uh, once in a while, you know, we get a claim that comes in and the claimant's alleging that John Smith Contracting is the uh, general contractor, but based on the information that we have, uh, we know that the GC on the, the particular job site is, you know, um, Troy Evans Construction instead. And it's important for us to have that information, to dispel any... Um, incorrect information that comes our way. It's also important for the adjusters to have this information so they can make a determination as to compensability. Unions, it's good for everyone to know which unions are going to be on the job, whether it's a union or non-union job. That way we already have the lead and whether we'll need to get the union records or the attorneys, the claimant's attorneys who are going to be at play because as you know certain attorneys are from uh, uh, affiliated with certain unions, whether they want to acknowledge it or not. Um, lingo and unique aspects of the job. Uh, we've had some projects where the terms that they use in the job is very different from the terms that are used on um, the, the, the usual job site, and it all depends on the owner or the general contractor and the level of sophistication and the culture of that company and the culture of the project. So it's good for your, uh, all, of your, all of your team members to know what those lingos and unique aspects are. Um, there should also be a discussion about anticipated hazards and obstacles that's going to be on the job site, right? Um, <clears throat> we have professionals that are going to be on the job site, engineers and so forth. Uh, there might be overlapping of phases or overlapping of trades. Everyone should be aware of that and what potential issues could be. Um, things like if the area is a flood zone 
or a high traffic, a lot of congestion in that area. Those are all things that we should be discussing with each other as a team before um, you know effectuating this this uh, the the, um, the the team and uh, the program. The safety team and the medic, it's important for everyone to know exactly what happens when an accident occurs on the job site. Is there a safety team? There should be. Um, is the medic going to be called? They should be called. How is the medic documenting? Who is in charge of the medic? Um, how are the workers being made aware that there is a medic on site? These are all the things that we should be uh, transmitting to the entire team so that when we ask for an initial report, um, we're able to reach out to the safety team. We know who to reach out to to get that initial report of the accident to see exactly what happened or what was reported or what was observed of the claimants when the accident occurred. It's important to publish the team contacts and the OSIP or the CSIP manual. Um, we talked briefly about the CSIP manual in prior webinars, but I'll just go over briefly um, what, what it is. So when we're starting up this project, we're thinking about the project and we're trying to get all of the pieces together, um, get all of the vendors and the parties and get the policy. The owner or the general contractor usually issues what is called a policy manual. This includes all of the details about the program, including the bidding process, the enrollment process, what the contractor or subcontractor needs to do, who they need to report things. It is very important to also include a team contact list. List all of the parties, their email addresses, their phone numbers, so that when, for example, we get information regarding a claim, we know who the medic is that we can reach out to to assist the adjuster in getting this information, or we know who the investigator is that we can speak with them directly to help them um, navigate through the investigation process. This should be shared across the board, everyone should know who each other is, and the information should be updated at all times. You should also set up a timeline for the action to be taken. Uh, we strongly recommend that within 24 hours of a loss that there be a team meeting. All of the pertinent parties, which should be the owner, the broker, the carrier, the TPA, your defense counsel, should be on the horn discussing what happens, um, what information needs to, to, to be obtained, the investigation needs to be carried out. Potential liability, we start thinking about potential liability from the very beginning. If an accident did occur on the job site, and it's a catastrophic one, we are able to, General Liability Council might be able to provide some kind of um, an initial assessment as to liability. It gets tricky where there was no accident, and you know the time elapses, and then the claimant alleges an accident. Well, what should you do in that situation? As soon as you become aware of it, Schedule the call. Let everyone talk about what they what they know and when they first found out about it, and let's try to piece, uh, piece the the puzzle together at that point. Um, so, in addition to the 24 hour uh, having a call with everyone, there should also be an outlining of the loss reporting rules. So, when a loss occurs, who is first notified? Um, is it the foreman, the super? Uh, someone else in the job site, the medic, we should have some sort of a delineation of who is notified. And this should be conveyed to the workers on the job site very frequently. 
And I'm saying this because oftentimes we have claimants who say, well, I didn't know who to report it to. You know, I told my friend, I told my coworker, I didn't know there was a medic on site. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. This is why we need to outline it and we need to publish it and publicize it at the time um, when the project starts, so everyone is aware of it. Running a drill, I know this seems um, maybe a little too much, but I've seen it work with certain projects and certain clients that I work with. They go through a loss, you know, and everyone just starts acting um, as though it's a real loss. Um, it's a simulated loss, and everyone starts acting as though it's a real loss. And then we see where the glitches are, right? I mean, the first time we did it, we were not called until days later, whereas we recommend that we be called within the first 24 hours. The call did not happen within the 20, first 24 hours because there was a lack of information. Our recommendation was to still have the call because you don't know what you don't have until you start talking to everyone. It doesn't take a lot of time. Um, I think it's, it's well worth it to ensure that when an accident does occur, it's smooth sailing. Everyone knows who to go to, who to call, what information needs to be obtained from which party. And for these uh, catastrophic claims, even the non-catastrophic ones, as long as they're, it's, it's a construction claim, um, because there's a general liability component, it's worth the time in the beginning to just do this run through, have everything set up. It'll save you so much in the long run when the accidents start coming in. So at the time of the loss, um, the initial response is key. Like I mentioned, within 24 hours, we should be having a call. Um, but there should be an immediate on-site investigation. If it cannot happen immediately, again, within 24 hours, maximum 44, 48 hours. And this is one of the reasons you need to have your investigators vetted and ready to go even before the project starts. So the moment you get that first loss, you know who to call, you know who to connect them to. That is your defense counsel, um, the client, the adjusters. You know what the deal is with the questions that they need to get answers to, and you send them out to the job site. 24 to 44, 48 hours. I cannot stress how important it is to do the investigation right away. Um, as I indicated, get your attorney involved and start working on your defense plan also. Um, when a denied, when, when a case comes to us and we're recommending that it be denied, we give our clients an outline of the timeline, um, what we think the claim is going to raise because we've seen these issues so often, we can predict what's going to come up, who the claimant's attorney is, who they're represented um, by, by for the third-party claim, and we're able to put together an initial defense assessment based on all of that information. And it could be done as soon as within the first week of reviewing the claim. When there is an actual accident, please note that the claimant secures attorney right away. Their union tells them to go get this attorney, go sign up with them, file the workers' comp claim, deal with it, um, also retain a uh, third-party attorney also. So when there's actually an accident, you know, things can move at a very quick pace, and I think this is why you need to get your attorneys involved from the very beginning. Why is it so important for the initial investigation, even when, you know, we know that an accident happens? I get this question off, often, and the reason is because there is an accident, right? The job site is a change in organism. 
It changes by the hour, it changes by the day, it changes by the week. Workers and trades leave, you know, the, uh, the, the plumbers might be in the job site today, they, they've completed their work, they're not in the job site tomorrow, they're gone. Equipment and tools are being moved all the time. Sometimes equipment is being moved um, when an accident occurs because they need to get to the scene of the accident or, you know, like remove the injured worker or something like that. So it's not where it's supposed to be. Then during the day, it's moved even further away. Surveillance um, from the job sites or even neighboring job sites, they are being taped over. A lot of times it's 24 hours. I mean, uh, it's New York City, we're talking about New York State. Um, the buildings that have the surveillance don't keep them for a very long time. It's usually like a 24-hour loop. I've seen a week or so, but in any event, by the time the investigation goes out there, the tape could be wiped over. So these are all reasons why we need to be very quick and agile about the initial investigation. It's to preserve the evidence, it's to give us the information that we need to defend the claim, and particularly, particularly, it's to help your third-party claim because they're going to need to assess the liability, um, you know, damages, uh, whether the claimant was negligent, um, whether someone else was negligent, and so forth. Okay, that's it for today. My apologies for the sniffles. Um, uh, today's session was um, very short, but I wanted to give you just an overview of um, what, what needs to be done to prepare the team for the loss ahead of time. Next month, we're going to talk about the legal issues in coordinating defense. I get these questions all the time saying, hey, are you really supposed to be telling third party about that? Is third party really supposed to be sharing that information with you? I'll go through some of the major things that can be shared, cannot be shared, some of the legal issues we face, and how to resolve them uh, ethically and within all uh, restrictions and the law. So we'll talk about that next month. Um, let me see if you have any questions for me. All right, I don't see any questions. I'll take it that I did a good job in this webinar. Um, but if you think of anything, send me an email or give me a call. I'd love to chat about it. All right, thanks everyone for joining me today. I'll see you right here next month. Take care.